Welcome to Zikhu Daf Simani Member by Avram Goldai, and today Mazakas Baba Kama Daf Kufyot Ches. The tenth parakel goes to Umachil. So the three topics we're going to focus on. Number one, the mission states that one who tells his fellow that he stole, borrowed money, or received a picadon from him, and says, "But I do not know if I returned it to you or not," he's liable. But if he said, "Any day in Gazaltiha, I do not know if I stole from you," he's exempt from paying. The more discusses one who claims to be owed a mana from his fellow, who responds that he does not know. Rav Huna and Rav Yuda say he must pay, bari v'shema, bari adif, where the claimant is certain and the defendant is uncertain. The claimant who is certain is stronger. Rav Nachman and Rav Yochan say he's exempt. Who gave him money Keep the money in its current owner's possession until proof is brought. The Gemara argues that the Mishnah's claimant is demanding payment with certainty. Otherwise, the defendant would not pay in the first case. Yet, in the second case, where the original obligation is unknown, he's still exempt. It answers that the Mishnah's claimant is uncertain. The payment in the first case is regarding one who comes to fulfill his heavenly obligation. Point to it to the next mission teaches that if one stole a sheep from someone's flock and returned it without notifying the owner, he remains responsible if it dies or is stolen, meaning it remains in his domain until its proper return. If the owner was unaware of the theft and its return, and counted the flock and found it complete, the thief is exempt from future damages. Four opinions are presented regarding returning stolen sheep, which impact the interpretation of the Mishnah. Number one, Ruff says if the owner was aware of the theft, the thief must inform him if it was returned. If he was unaware of the theft, counting his flock is sufficient. Number two, Shmuel says whether the owner knew of the theft or not, counting his flock exempts the thief. Number three, Rabbi Yochanan says counting exempts the thief where the owner was aware of the theft, but if he was unaware, even counting is unnecessary. And number four, Rav Chisit says, Ladas Minyan Pote, if the theft was with the owner's knowledge, counting his flock exempts the thief. Shuladas, Sarich Das. If it was without his knowledge, then its return requires his awareness, meaning he must be informed. Rav explains that the owner must know that a sheep was stolen because it got used to outside steps, and it's likely to wander away again. And point number three, the next mission states, Wambi not purchase wool, milk, or kids from hired shepherds who are suspected of stealing from their owners. Nor wood or fruit from watchmen of fruit orchards. The mission details materials that may be purchased from women without suspicion they were taken from their husbands without permission. And adds, But any woman who told the purchaser to conceal his purchase, it's prohibited to purchase it because it appears the item was stolen. Abraisa goes into greater detail of the laws of purchasing from shepherds and con- goes into greater detail of the laws of purchasing from shepherds and concludes with a general rule. Kosha Anything that if the shepherd would sell it, the owner would sense its absence, one may purchase from them since they're afraid to be caught. The Gemara proceeds to analyze the various numbers given in the Brisa for permitted purchases. So once again, the three points are number one. The mission states that one who tells his fellow that he stole, borrowed money, or received the picadon from him and says, but I do not know if I return it to you or not, He's liable. But if he said any day in Gazaltiha, I do not know if I stole from you, he's exempt from paying. The more discusses one who claims to be owed a mana from his fellow, who responds that he does not know. Ravun and Rav Yudah say he must pay Bari Vishema, Bari Adif, where the claimant is certain and the defendant is uncertain. The claimant who is certain is stronger. Rav Nachman and Rav Yochanan say he's exempt. Keep the money in its current owner's possession until proof is brought. The Gemara argues that the Mishnah's claimant is demanding payment with certainty. Otherwise, the defendant would not pay in the first case. Yet, in the second case, where the original obligation is unknown, he's still exempt. It answers that the Mishnah's claimant is uncertain. The payment in the first case is regarding one who comes to fulfill his heavenly obligation. Point to it to the next mission teaches that if one stole a sheep from someone's flock and returned it without notifying the owner, he remains responsible if it dies or is stolen, meaning it remains in his domain until its proper return. 
If the owner was unaware of the theft and its return, and counted the flock and found it complete, the thief is exempt from future damages. Four opinions are presented regarding returning stolen sheep, which impact the interpretation of the Mishnah. Number one, Ruff says if the owner was aware of the theft, the thief must inform him if it was returned. If he was unaware of the theft, counting his flock is sufficient. Number two, Shmuel says whether the owner knew of the theft or not, counting his flock exempts the thief. Number three, Rabbi Yochanan says counting exempts the thief where the owner was aware of the theft, but if he was unaware, even counting is unnecessary. And number four, Rav Chisit says, Ladas minyan pote, if the theft was with the owner's knowledge, counting his flock exempts the thief. Shuladas sarich das. If it was without his knowledge, then its return requires his awareness, meaning he must be informed. Rav explains that the owner must know that a sheep was stolen because it got used to outside steps, and it's likely to wander away again. And point number three, the next Mishnah states, One may not purchase wool, milk, or kids from hired shepherds who are suspected of stealing from their owners. Nor wood or fruit from watchmen of fruit orchards. The Mishnah details materials that may be purchased from women without suspicion they were taken from their husbands without permission. And adds, But any woman who told the purchaser to conceal his purchase, it's prohibited to purchase it because it appears the item was stolen. Abraisa goes into greater detail the laws of purchasing from shepherds and con- goes into greater detail of the laws of purchasing from shepherds and concludes with a general rule. Anything that if the shepherd would sell it, the owner would sense its absence, one may purchase from them since they're afraid to be caught. The Gemara proceeds to analyze the various numbers given in the Brisa for permitted purchases. Alright, so now we go to Simandaf Kovyadchas, and our standard simon is Kichel. Kichel. So here goes. The two men in a dispute where one said the other owed him a box of kichel, and the other said he wasn't sure if he owed him, didn't wake up the shepherd who was dreaming of sheep jumping over a kichel, and wasn't aware of the thief returning a stolen sheep to the pen, and ignored the shepherd's wife who was trying to sell them some woolen garments, telling them to conceal them. Once again, it's emotion. The two men in a dispute where one said the other owed him a box of kichel, kichel, that must be off kuf the two men in a dispute where one said the other owed him a box of kichel, and the other said he wasn't sure if he owed him, which reminds us, the Gemara discusses one who claims to be owed a money from his fellow who responds that he does not know. Rav Huna and Rav Yudah say he must pay, bari b'shema, bari adif, where the claimant is certain and the defendant is uncertain, the claimant who is certain is stronger. Rav Nachman and Rav Yochanan say he's exempt, mare, keep the money in its current owner's possession until proof is brought. So the two men in a dispute where one said the other owed him a box of kichel, and the other said he wasn't sure if he owed him, didn't wake up the shepherd who was dreaming of sheep jumping over a kichel, and wasn't aware of the thief returning a stolen sheep to the pen, which reminds us, the next mission teaches that if one stole a sheep from someone's flock and returned it without notifying the owner, he remains responsible if it dies or it's stolen, meaning it remains in his domain until its proper return. If the owner was unaware of the theft and its return, and counted the flock and found it complete, the thief is exempt from future damages. Four opinions are presented regarding returning stolen sheep, which impact the interpretation of the Mishnah. So the two men in a dispute where one said the other owed him a box of kichel, and the other said he wasn't sure if he owed him, didn't wake up the shepherd who was dreaming of sheep jumping over a kichel, and wasn't aware of the thief returning a stolen sheep to the pen, and ignored the shepherd's wife who was trying to sell them some woolen garments, telling them to conceal them, which reminds us, the Mishnah details materials that may be purchased from women without suspicion they were taken from their husbands without permission, and adds, But any woman who told the purchaser to conceal his purchase, it's prohibited to purchase it because it appears the item was stolen. So once again, the two men in a dispute where one said the other owed him a box of kichel, and the other said he wasn't sure if he owed him, didn't wake up the shepherd who was dreaming of sheep jumping over a kichel, and wasn't aware of the thief returning a stolen sheep 
to the pen and ignore the shepherd's wife who was trying to sell some more garments, telling them to conceal them. All right, so now it's time for four blabach chazar. Daf kuf yadalad. So the sim daf kuf yadalad is a kitty amusement park. So here goes. The boy pretending to make kiddush in the Shabbos exhibit at the kitty amusement park. Kitty amusement park. That must be one daf kuf yadalad. The boy pretending to make kiddush in the Shabbos exhibit at the kitty amusement park, standing on stolen unprocessed hides that a thief secretly stole, and were now rendered susceptible to tuma through the thief's makshava, which reminds us the Mishnah states Shalgana regarding unprocessed hides stolen secretly by a thief. Makshava Matamasan, his thought renders them susceptible to Tuma. Because the owner despaired of retrieving them, the thief acquires them and his decision to use them as Kalim, meaning mats, makes them susceptible to Tuma. If a Goslin stole them forcefully, the owner does not despair because he hopes to sue the known robber in court. Rabbi Shimon holds the opposite. He despairs regarding a Goslin who fearlessly robbed him, but not a thief who stole secretly. Ula said the Machokas is only about presuming the owner's Yehush, but by Yadua, where it's known he despaired, everyone agrees that Yehush is affected by both a Ganav and a gazlan. So the boy pretending to make kiddush in the Shabbos exhibit at the Kitty Amusement Park, standing on stolen, unprocessed hides that a thief secretly stole and were now rendered susceptible to Tuma through the thief's makshava, casually mentioned that a swarm of bees emerged from a certain man's field as the owner of the field was chasing after them, which reminds us in the Mishnah of Yochum and Brokotot that women and minors may testify about the source of a swarm of bees, thereby identifying the owner. The more asked that they're not valid aid him, and Shmuel explains that the case is where the purported owner was chasing the bees. And the woman or minor were talking casually and said, The swarm emerged from here. So the boy pretending to make kiddush in the Shabbos exhibit at the Kitty Amusement Park, standing on stolen unprocessed hides that a thief secretly stole, and were now rendered susceptible to Tuma through the thief's makshava, casually mentioned that a swarm of bees emerged from a certain man's field as the owner of the field was chasing after them. While his friend won a prize when he successfully answered what the halakhi is when you see your kiddush cup in the possession of your former. Shabbos guess, which reminds us, the next Mishnah states, One who recognizes his kalim and books in another person's possession, and a report of burglary went out in the city, the purchaser returns the item, swears how much he paid for it, and takes the amount for the claimant. The Gemara explains that the cases where guests stayed in the person's house, and he got up in the night shouting that his possessions were stolen. Furthermore, there was a tunnel dug under his house, with the guests exiting with bundles of kalim on their shoulders, and everyone saying that the homeowner's utensils and books, which were named and identified as having belonged him were stolen. Daf Kuftezvav, so the similar Daf Kuftezvav is a Katoris maker. So here goes. The Katoris maker, Katoris maker, that must be on Daf Kuftezvav. The Katoris maker who innocently bought stolen spices from a thief in the spice market and demanded compensation from the owner based on which reminds us, the Gemara says, If someone stole articles and sold them, and the thief was then discovered, Rav quoted Rabbi Chia saying, The claim is only against the first one, being the thief. And Rabbi Yochanan quoted Rabbi Yanai saying, The claim is even against the second one. After several interpretations of these two positions are given, Rav Papa explains that everyone agrees the buyer must return the item to its owner, who had not despaired, and they argue if the rabbis instituted a tekanas a shuk, a remedy of the marketplace allowing the buyer to demand compensation from the owner when the thief has been identified. So the katoris maker who innocently bought stolen spices from a thief in the spice market and demanded compensation from the owner based on 
got splashed by spiced wine that was spilled out from a barrel by someone who wanted to save the honey in someone else's barrel. That cracked, which reminds us. The next mission states that where someone's barrel of honey cracked and began to leak, and this other person poured out his less valuable wine from his own barrel and saved the honey in the wine barrel, he only receives his fee for labor and usage of his barrel, but not compensation for his lost wine. But if he stipulated for his wine to be repaid before pouring it out, he can demand compensation. So the Katoris maker who innocently bought stolen spices from a thief in the spice market and demanded compensation from the owner based on Tekana Zajuk got splashed by spiced wine that was spilled out from a barrel by someone who wanted to save the honey in someone else's barrel that cracked. As another man who saw his jug of spiced oil as breaking attempted to declare the oil as truma and miser on produce in his house, which reminds us, a Bryce was quoted which taught that if someone was carrying jugs of oil or wine and saw they were breaking and the contents would be lost, he could not declare them truma and maestra on produce in his house. If he does, his declaration is ineffective because the contents which stand to be lost are Hefker and not his. Daf Kuftez Zain, so the Simmer Daf Kuftez Zain is a barber giving haircuts. So here goes. While the wet donkey driver who saved his friend's donkey from the river while allowing his donkey to be lost was getting his haircut, haircut, that must be on Duff Kuftazain, haircuts. While the wet donkey driver who saved his friend's donkey from the river while allowing his donkey to be lost was getting his haircut using the money he was reimbursed with, despite his donkey surviving, which reminds us, Rav Gana asked Rav, regarding one who stipulated to be reimbursed for allowing his donkey to be lost to save his fellow's donkey, if he went down to save his fellow's donkey and his own donkey came up from the river on his own, can he still claim reimbursement? Since he was mafkirit at the time, he simply acquired an owner's donkey, so perhaps his retrieval would not impact his right to reimbursement. Ravan said Mishamai Rahimole, from heaven they had mercy on him to keep his donkey alive, and he retains his right to reimbursement. So, while the wet donkey driver who saved his friend's donkey from the river, while allowing his donkey to be lost, was getting his haircut using the money he was reimbursed with, despite his donkey surviving, the barber didn't notice the people in the caravan outside paying ransom to some bandits according to the amount of money each were carrying, which reminds us of Bryce taught regarding a caravan traveling in the wilderness, and a troop came against it to plunder it, but accepted a ransom. They calculate the members' contributions of the ransom by the amount of money they're carrying, and do not calculate by the number of people in the caravan because the threat was only a financial one. So, while the wet donkey driver who saved his friend's donkey from the river while allowing his donkey to be lost was getting his haircut using the money he was reimbursed with, despite his donkey surviving, the barber didn't notice the people in the caravan outside paying ransom to some bandits according to the amount of money each were carrying, right next to where someone was showing his neighbor's field to the king's agents, causing them to confiscated, which reminds us, if someone showed someone else's field to agents of the king who were seeking property to seize, causing them to confiscate it, he's liable to pay. Tosos explains he's liable for this indirect damage under the principle of Dinah Degarmi. Daf Kuf Yudzain. So the Sim Daf Kuf Yudzain is a gabai with a lot of keys. So here goes. When the gabai with a lot of keys, gabai with a lot of keys, that must be more Daf Kuf Yudzain. When the Gabbai with a lot of keys was forced to show the idolater, where the rabbi kept his money in his study, which reminds us, Rav Hunabar Yehuda told Rabbah about an incident of a Jew was forced by idolaters to show them his fellow's money, and he obligated him to pay. Rabbah told him to retract based on a brisa. If a Jew was forced by idolaters to show them his fellow's money, pater, he's exempt. But if he took the money and gave it to the idolater by hand, 
he is Chayev. So when the Gabbai with a lot of keys was forced to show the idolater where the Rebbe kept his money in his study, he was shocked when he saw through the window into the base Midrash, the Rabbi giving Shir getting challenged by a Rabbi sitting in the seventh row, which reminds us, the more brings the story of Rav Kahana fleeing to Eretz Yisrael, and then sitting at Rabbi Yochanan and Shir being advised not to challenge Rabbi Yochanan for seven years, the Gemara relates what caused Rav Kahana to do so, and then a subsequent death and revival. So when the guy with a lot of keys was forced to show the idolater, where the rabbi kept his money in his study, he was shocked when he saw through the window into the base midrash, the rabbi giving shear, getting challenged by a rabbi sitting in the seventh row, as a river flooded a stone field outside and started flooding the room, which reminds us, the next Mishnah states, Shatfanar, if someone stole a field, and a river flooded it and destroyed it, the robber can say to the owner, Behold, what is yours is before you. Land cannot be legally stolen, so it remains in the owner's possession. Therefore, any damage to the land unrelated to the robbery is not the robber's responsibility. In a bright about the same case, Rabbi Yezer says, He is obligated to provide him with another field. All right, so now it's time to conclude their pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which stuff is the case of a river flooding stolen land? And the question if Karkanigzelis, if land can be stolen, that's on Duff? Kafiyat Zayin. Good number two, which stuff they learn one cannot buy from a woman when she tells the buyer to conceal the items? That's on Duff? Kafiyat Ches. Good number three, which stuff do you learn a thief's machshava for a stolen item such as mats makes them susceptible to be makabotuma? And we discussed the nafkamina of a gun and a gazlan. That's on Dove. Kafiyat Dawud. Good number four, which stuff do you learn according to Sumchus? If a father left over an item he stole for his children, they do not have to return it since minors cannot be sued in Basin. That's on Dove. Kufiyad Beis. Good number five. Which stuff do you learn about the mice of Rav Kahana coming up to Eretz Yisrael from Babel? And what happened when he sat in Rabbi Yochanan's shear? That's on Dov. Kufiyad Zayin. Good number six. Which stuff do you learn about the den of a thief returning a sheep to the pen without the owner's knowledge? That's on Dov. Kufiyad Ches. Good number seven. Which stuff do you learn if one went down to save his fellow's donkey and his own donkey came up from the river on its own, can he still claim reimbursement? That's on Dov. Kuftazayin. Good number eight. Which stuff do we have a makhluk? Because of Bari Vashem, Bari Adif, or Uke Mamonim Becheskaz Mari. That's on Dav. Kufyot Good number nine. Which stuff do you know? The one whose barrel of oil is cracked cannot declare the oil trimmer or miser on produce in his home since the spilling oil is considered hefker, not his. That's on Dav. Kuftazvav. Good number ten. Which stuff do you know? prohibited to steal from Goyim. That's on Dav. Kofiot Gimel. Excellent. That concludes today's year. This is everybody from Goldhar from Zilchu. Wishing you a great day and great learning.